0: Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, never trust influencers who promote their own brand. So this video popped off from James Smith, Logan Paul's most profitable scam yet. It's got 2 million views. What's confusing to me about the phrasing though is, isn't this also KSI's drink? Isn't it Logan Paul and KSI? Yeah, so why is all the bad things about Prime all being thrown at Logan Paul and not KSI? So like over here, food theory, Logan Paul is lying about Prime and it's got Logan Paul's face in the thumbnail. Logan Paul's name is more profitable. KSI is huge, dude. Logan Paul does have more controversy. Yeah, people do hate on Logan Paul more. That's true. I was just asking that out of curiosity. I'm, I'm, I'm not criticizing James Smith for doing that, but the whole premise of the video is basically that Prime isn't all that good. What's interesting to me is why people would believe otherwise. It's always funny to me when Influencers come out and they're like, "We're gonna make the best thing in the game, yo. We're gonna do this better than anyone else in that market, man." And it's like, how the fuck is a random YouTuber really going to make something that's better than companies that already exist in that space and have ex- ex- exist in that space for decades, specifically working to make the best thing humanly possible to outcompete everyone? And it's like I am some random YouTuber. I got popular making YouTube videos. I think I know a little bit more about X business than multi-billion dollar companies who've been in the space for decades. What, what what, the fuck do they know, man? I learned about this market four days ago. I got four days experience. They they don't they, they, don't know what the fuck they're about to be hit by. My fucking genius. And it's like, you know, because the YouTubers don't actually work on it. They're just the face of the brand. Exactly. Like in the same thing with Mr. Beastberg or whatever, which is called Mr. Beast some dramas. Now he's uh, going through um, a lawsuit with uh, those guys. Uh, ultimately, he was just the face, the brand, and everything else, the actual product was done by someone else. Like, it's insane. Like, they can sincerely just sit there and be like, Yo, bro, our product is better than, like, Gatorade and, and all this stuff. Like, the the, compa- the comparisons to, to Powerade and all that stuff. Like, what what do they know? As I say, this video is very good. It's a breakdown of, like, why certain things are in energy drinks. Why a lot of the things that people claim about Prime, it just doesn't make sense. The science behind it, all that jazz. It's It's very well done. It's only, like, eight minutes. But yeah, what I'm trying to say is, I'm not surprised. I never understood the hype over Prime. I tried it one time and it's so painfully mid. Hey Amen, it's the brand. I got the popular new cool thing and you don't shows that I am popular and cool and you're not. Get Rex scrub. Does that motherfucker have a Prime energy drink? Wow, he must be awesome. YouTube's endless graveyard of unseen videos. So I stumbled across this interesting video. Oh, it's shit, it's popped off. When I saw this video, it had 14,000 views. It currently has 82,000. This is a channel with all the rest of its videos have uh, like a thousand views. And it seems like he's doing like Omega stuff, which weird stuff happens or whatever. He's been making content for like two years, not getting really anywhere. But this video, I mapped out YouTube's recycle bin, vids with zero views and no titles, part one. It's just such a novel concept that I can see why it's getting some traction. Like you want to think of an idea that no one else has done before, that people want to see, it's a hard thing to do. So in the first part, like he covers like, you know, there's like a billion videos on YouTube, but a ridiculous amount of them never get seen by anyone. He has this page here where as he goes through the video, he talks about these particular phrases that you can search that will show you all these zero view videos that just random people have uploaded to YouTube that will never get pushed to anyone. It's so weird what you get shown. So for example, like if you type IMG, This is like the default name that smartphone videos uh, and and pictures get given. And so people will upload them thinking that, you know, these will never get seen by anyone. And so he looks at some of them and like you can just see random clips of things. So this is just a bunch of people singing a a birthday party and just random animations and stuff and like laughter from movies. There's stuff that he clearly has to censor because it's like a lot of random, lewd shit. And what's so weird about watching this video with this dude is there are some really intimate moments and it feels strange to be watching them. So, like this dude just singing karaoke to no one. And he's got like thousands of videos of him just singing karaoke that he's uploaded to YouTube, seemingly for no reason. Like, you wonder if he knows they're being uploaded. Maybe his phone or recorder or whatever is just uploading them automatically. I mean, we've talked about this before that there are poly people who put some effort into finding weird channels on YouTube. I'd never seen it packaged such a very easily consumable way. And he goes through each one. And he chose the examples of uh, stuff that gets shown. But it gave me this odd feeling of like, this is what it would be like to be a ghost. Not that I believe in ghosts, mind you, but it, that experience where you would just pop into a person's life while they're doing some completely random thing, mundane or or perhaps an intimate moment, and just be like, looking at them, like, how's it gone? <laughs> they would have no idea that you're there, but you're just watching them. And that's what it feels like to watch these review videos, like that you're intruding on a person's private life and they have no idea. Common mistakes that new YouTubers make. So every single time I ask for people to potentially edit for me and to have them submit to me their body of work, like their YouTube channels that they've been working on personally, I'll often get submitted channels that aren't necessarily bad, but they're not great either. They're channels that are making all the kind of mistakes that new YouTubers make and it takes so long through trial and error for you to just figure out yourself that you need to not do these things. So, while going through these channels, I decided to write down six mistakes that basically all new YouTubers make. That if I just tell you them and you avoid them yourself, if you're going to make a YouTube channel, it'll massively speed up that early process of you learning these things yourself. Number one, in your videos, you want to as quickly as possible, set up a premise, explain how you will pay off that premise, and then spend the rest of the video paying it off without wasting people's time. You ideally want that premise to be, as much as possible, a unique idea that as many people haven't heard or seen before. All very hard things to do. It's very hard this late into YouTube to have a unique thing or a unique twist on something from bef- uh, that people have seen before. But you've got to try hard, right? You can't just be the 110th person to make the exact same video as a new creator. You've got to be somewhat original, somewhat unique, have something different to say, you know? Once you become a big creator, you can do less effortful things. You can do less unique things. You can um, coax on your own brands, but you can't do that when you're small. Number two, watch out for redundant speech. Do not explain the same thing six times. Redundant speech is I gave an example before where in an edit for me, someone showed me saying, this is it guys, I'm about to get the award. Then they show the award happening. And then they showed me saying, hey guys, I got the award. Three different scenes that, you know, took up like 30 seconds, but all basically communicate the same thing that I got the award, you know? You can remove one of them and combine two together, having the award pop up with my speech being played over it saying that I got the award. And so you've changed a 30 second scene into like a seven second scene that communicates all the same information. You have to watch for these things in your videos. If you don't watch for them, then you're gonna end up just elongating it massively and pissing people off. Number three, do not introduce yourself by just saying your name. I know making intros for your videos are hard, but saying, hey guys, what up, it's me, it's your boy, blah, blah, blah. Your name has no value, it tells the viewer nothing. The first 15 seconds of a video is so amazingly important and introducing yourself does nothing to answer the question of why people should care about your video. I am a GTA 5 speedrunner with 10,000 hours experience. This has value, it isn't my name though. No one has ever said my favorite part of the video is when it showed me their name, but billions of people have clicked off videos during that point. You're just giving people a, a, a chance to leave. That's all you're doing by saying your name. People will learn your name if they like your videos, if they like your content. I mean, if you want to say it at the end of the video, feel free, even that may be bad practice, but again, these are all mistakes that every new person makes. I've made them, but you gotta grow out of them, you know? Number four, attempt to look at your content through the lens of someone who will be watching it. Will they not understand something? If so, explain it. Will they already know something? Yes, then why are you explaining it in the video? If you have a video about a challenge where you see how long you can stay underwater, you don't have to explicitly say, this is a challenge because I need air to breathe. Everyone already knows that. If an announcer says you are in first place, you don't then need yourself saying I am in first place. Pick one. Again, this kind of relates to the second thing as well. One recent example from someone who submitted something to me was they were making a video about a a completely different video game, but they spent the first 20 seconds talking about Super Mario 64, about when it was made, how successful it was, and all that jazz. And anyone who clicked that video would know what Super Mario 64 is and that it was successful. It was just a complete waste of 20 seconds. Number five, don't waste the viewers time. A lot of these are related to each other. You may think your 10 second transition is cool and flashy, it isn't. It is just wasting time. Everything in your video should have a clear and obvious purpose. Whether it itself is interesting, funny, or is necessary for something else to be interesting and funny. 80% of YouTube is understanding what should be in your video and what should not be. I have seen videos where people have done top 10 lists and each transition slide number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, each last 10 seconds. Like if you watch a Game ranks top 10 video, right? It will come up with a slide being like, number one, they will speak during that slide. That time won't be wasted. They will not dedicate 10 seconds to a transition. There will be a transition with them speaking. Number six, Stop asking for likes and subscriptions at the start of your video. The person hasn't seen you, they don't know you, they have no reason to do either. But you asking is a perfect break to give them reason to click off your video. Both subs and likes are poor metrics for the success of a video or channel. Like you may like seeing those numbers go up guys, but that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to make good engaging content that people watch from start to finish. And as long as you can do that, likes and subscriptions come. You know, but again, these are things that we all do. Oh, to be clear though, you can ask for likes and subs like later in the video. Or like you can, if you really want to, have like a thing pop up and say, hey, press like and subscribe. Even that I don't like. But putting that at the front of your video during those crucial seconds where you're trying to get people to grab onto your video and, and spend time to watch it. to You're trying to establish a premise. It's just a waste of time. So yeah, those are six bits of advice. Things I have probably already said in rambles many times. I do plan to have a compilation made of all the suggestions I've had for people on their YouTube channels and stuff. I, I suppose these will go in that as well. But hopefully this helps out someone. I dislike this editing technique. So, this is a controversial editing take. I dislike J and L cuts when it is the same person speaking between the cuts. To me, it just looks like someone speaking with their mouth not moving for a second or two and it's jarring. So, you might not know what a J cut or an L cut is if you're not an editor. This dude here, Fandor, explains in this video. It's just like a minute. Did you hear that? Let's listen again. Shut it, shut it, shut it. So! Did you notice how the sound from the next scene arrived before the image did? That's called a J-cut. A J-cut makes a J-shape, while an L-cut makes an L-shape. Almost- So, I didn't know why they were called a J-cut or an L-cut until I saw this video. I had heard the terms before, but I was like, why is it called that? And that's a good explanation of it. To show you what I mean by when it's the same person speaking, why I don't like it, I wanna show you this creator. This isn't me taking shots at Nutty. I will fully admit this is just a personal preference of mine. This would be a J-cut. ...will just appear on screen so that when new people come in, they're like, oh, that's the question that he's answering. It's a really cool way to create- See how like his face just sits there for a second? That's the question that he's answering. It's a really cool way to create- like, I, I don't like that. I guarantee you that any viewer watching does not care. It does not matter. There's not a single person alive who has ever been watching a video and being like, Is that a fucking J-cut? I'm not watching this. And clicking off, right? But I do not like this editing technique. I remember when Yellow Bat first edited for me, like in his first video, I was like, oh, you made a an editing mistake here. It's like, now I was just doing a J-cut. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> J-cuts and L cuts do work in some scenes. It's just I don't think it works when it's the same person speaking. Like when you're having two characters on screen that are speaking to each other, it can often make sense for you to be focusing on one person whose mouth is closed and still hear another person speaking who's elsewhere in the room. That makes perfect sense. But when it's one person speaking, this looks weird to me. I prefer to have cuts happen fairly close to the beginning of a sentence so the cut happens on the speech. It it's just it's something I prefer. I don't know if you guys have never noticed have ever noticed this stuff, but uh, yeah. If if you've ever seen any of my edits, you it will be extraordinarily rare you will ever see a JRL cut. I just do not like them in general. But I just don't think they look good when, as I say, when there's a single person speaking. Yeah, honestly, for other people they could prefer. Like it's it's just an editing style that I recognize that uh I diff with some people on. This Windows 10 feature can save you a ton of time. People have told me for a long time about this thing called clipboard in Windows. I was always dismissive of it, like, yeah, whatever, it seems like too much effort, blah, blah, blah. Today, I finally tested it. It's just in Windows, it's called Clipboard History. Save multiple items to the clipboard to use later, press the Windows logo key plus V to view your clipboard history and paste from it. So all it is, is like, copy, 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 and then Windows V, and they're all there. This is amazing. This is gonna save me so much goddamn time. Like, sometimes, I'm like, Responding to like 60 different DMs, a lot of what I'll be typing is some form of rejection of people's submissions for to be editors for me or whatever. Or like I'll be giving people the same kind of bulk of information based on what they're asking me for. And for the longest time, I would just have open a WordPad and I would copy-paste things from that WordPad. And now this is just like built in. I can't believe I didn't do this before. So basically, if you're in a similar situation to me, and this could be useful, test it out. The profit motive has made Twitter worse. Basically, my for you page is nothing but reposting old memes. It does not pay on Twitter in terms of engagement to think of interesting stuff and create interesting things for Twitter. Elon Musk continuing to spam, oh guys, put your podcasts on on Twitter, man, it will be great. No one goes to Twitter to watch engaging content for like an hour or some shit, right? It's similar to Reddit, you're just scrolling through. People randomly posting their thoughts wasn't creative content, right? Thinking of a piffy joke or whatever. Sure, it'd be nice, if people who are creating things on twitter would get paid for it that'd be cool but all that this is all that all that adding the profit motive has done to twitter is make it so that people realize that they just need to post as much garbage as possible as frequently as possible for as long as possible to get the most money and that's just made the platform worse because it's no longer what is this fun engaging interesting thing that i can post it is oh my god, I just need to get grab anything anywhere over the internet and just spam that out as much as possible. I just don't think it's made the platform better. Calling microblogging creative content is just weird, right? And Elon continuing to try and change this microblogging site into something else that it's not is just dumb. Bait used to be believable. So on Discord, I received an interesting DM. Hey Dark Viper, I need help with asking out a girl in style and she loves you vids, so what advice do you got?" I responded, I don't believe you. And I put a tag of this on Twitter and said, bait used to be believable. It's funny for endless reasons. The first reason is when I posted this to my followers, I tried my hardest to remove the dude's name and I removed it three times from the page, but it turned out his name was there five times his name was there then his name there was again then it said this is the very beginning of your legendary conversation with the dude's name then it was his name again on top of his message and then it was his name again in the bottom of it that says message this person so i got three out of five removing his name also of all people to ask in the world me for relationship advice dumbest thing conceivable having me believe that a dude and a chick happened to meet and somewhat bond over a mutual appreciation of my content. That is just not believable. I am sorry, technically possible, but not believable. This person is 100% trying to bait me to respond to them. And I guess they succeeded. I no longer have a Twitter account. So on August 7th, I tweeted out, when I hit 200K followers, I will delete my Twitter account. And because I'm a man of my word, on August 26th, I hit 200,000 followers and I tweeted out, I no longer have a Twitter account. The joke being of course, No one has a Twitter account. They are all technically now X accounts. I have an X Twitter account. (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys for following me on Twitter and gave me 200,000. I'm now like a mid-sized fish in the world of garbage that is Twitter. Don't worry guys, when I hit 500,000 followers, then I'll delete my X account as well. Presumably by that point, it'll be back to being Twitter (laughs) because someone else will (laughs) buy Twitter off Elon for a fraction of what he purchased it for. This word means an inability to remember a particular word or name. So on TikTok, I've recently been suggested a bunch of accounts where their gimmick is they just look up lesser known words and then say the word, define the word, and then use it in a sentence and that's all they do. It's just clip after clip after clip after clip of just lesser known words. And one of them that I saw that was interesting to me was Lethalogica. Lethalogica. It even says here, rare. The inability to remember a particular word or name. Like, that comes up all the time. Like, you always know there must be a word for different experiences that you have, but you just don't know know them. And I thought this was an interesting one. Lethalogica. And I'm totally gonna forget it. (laughs) I will be unable to remember this particular word in like a day. But now telling you, if I forget, I can ask you guys. It's now your responsibility, guys, to remember. How does it feel to be a large YouTuber? So some people ask me, like, how does it feel to be like a big time, big shot YouTuber, man. What, what is that like to be famous, man? You're, you're like the greatest. And I say them every time. I say a lot of things. There's a lot of things I could say that, but one thing I say is almost regardless of how high you move up in a kind of hierarchy, you're always comparing yourself to the people above you and that can always make you feel small. You get a better understanding of your relative position in relation to everyone else. And because there's always someone above you, you always have reason to feel small. And I kind of feel that way when I looked at the Sidemen charity match. Of 2023. When I looked at it, it had 2.3 million live viewers. Apparently it peaked at 2.6 million. So this was a charity match with all big time Twitch streamers and and YouTubers and stuff. Like MrBeast and and stuff was there, Jacksepticeye was there, which was kind of funny because of their recent beef and they were on the bus together sitting near each other. Kind of funny. There was an, a live stream of some French Twitch streamer driving like Formula One cars or something and that had like 1.3 million viewers or something. And you, you look at me and I'm like, man, it's super cool that I have like a thousand people who watch me on Twitch at any given time. That's super mad. I'll, I, it's, it's cool. I can get, you know, 10 million views a month or whatever on my YouTube channel. But when you compare to these kind of numbers, you're like, wow. <laughs> I still have a really, really, really long way to go to get anywhere close. <laughs> To the tops of these platforms, right? This Dark Viper AU guy, not even a million concurrent viewers on his live stream. Yeah, they may have a lot of viewers, chat, but I got the quality viewers, right? I got you guys. You guys are worth easily a million of each of those guys. So I have a billion viewers, basically, in quality. Stop! Now that I have your attention, hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you. I wish you all the best.